I don't like to just drink the straight creamer. <laughs> like, I at least want it to be warm creamer. I'm done. <laughs> On the plus side, I started putting so much creamer that I stopped uh, adding sugar, so. You win some? <laughs> you don't even drink coffee. You drink, like, creamer, creamer with a hint of coffee in it? I like my creamer to be caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh that's the real goal here. Somebody market caffeinated milk and I drink the fuck out of that. <laughs> yeah, you have this lactose free Morgan's business. What's up, bitches? This is Morgan. And what's up, bitches? This is Sierra. And this is, is Bitches and Murders. You can't see me, but I'm doing jazz hands. I like that we don't even have to make eye contact anymore to do that in sync. We're just like, yeah, we got this. <laughs> yeah, we got this. We know this. Like the, oh my gosh. I think we talked about this before, but that fucking... Uh, Are you thinking about the ham on the boys of the yard? And, and they're, they're like, like, is, is this made, made of ham? ham? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I forgot about the ham milkshakes. Ow, Finn. <laughs> Soundtrack of my life. <laughs> Today... <laughs> We're coming at you with a super romantic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I couldn't even couldn't even get the statement out before I was just like I can't. Uh, Valentine's Day special. Happy Valentine's Day, motherfuckers! Everybody's dead. Yeah, that's exactly how this <laughs> is gonna go. Honestly. Uh, so we took a little break. Um. We had a catastrophic incident where we oh recorded God. a whole episode and literally 20 minutes later, my computer just deleted the whole episode for no fucking reason. And then Sierra <laughs> went to Florida for a week. So, so she's not painting this picture properly. I put so much research into this episode. I had shit translated from French. It was an hour and a half recording. And then we lost the entire thing. Oh, and the worst part is I had just spent an hour and a half editing because it was more like a two hour episode. I edited it down to like an hour and a half, really yeah. like fixed it all up, did all the edits, took a super long time. And then my computer just corrected the whole file and deleted literally everything. Both of us cried. It was fine. I cried a lot. There was I'm a not going to lie. There was a lot of crying. There was um, a whole mental breakdown that happened. So that episode is going to come next week because then we'll have had a couple of weeks break. Morgan we'll will have fresh everything. <laughs> wanting to kill ourselves about it. So, oh you know, God. hopefully. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so here we are. We're doing a fun little, fun little Valentine's Day special. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Actually, these aren't that bad, but they're all themed around Valentine's Day. Yeah. Most of them happen on Valentine's Day. Are these cases like my love life? Dead? You know? Yes. Ouch. You didn't have to do that. You could have been like, no, it's okay. You have a date. You're, you're, your love life's not as dead as these cases. But no, you just whole ass went for it and i don't know why i'm surprised like this is our entire relationship is us just roasting each other i just got a fucking text message that uh my purchase at walmart was considered a suspicious activity and they're like bitch you always shop at meyer what are you doing <laughs> 
I'm done. They literally flagged me. (laughs) (laughs) If that doesn't say I'm a Meyer stan until I die, I don't know what does. For people who don't live in Michigan, Meyer's is a grocery store. And uh, the entire state pronounces it wrong because it's not plural. It's actually just Meyer. But the entirety of the state of Michigan calls it Myers, even though there's no S in the name. But here we are, a trash state. I mean, not really. It's really pretty in the fall. It's like the only good time in Michigan. <laughs> right now it's cold and I think it's still snowing. Oh yeah, look at that. Nope, closing the blinds. Hate it. <clears throat> okay. I am focused. I am strong. I'm on task. <laughs> She's going into prison. (laughs) I'm strong. (laughs) I'm focused and I am on task. Are you? I better be because this is going to be a long episode if I'm not. (laughs) So. The way we're going to do this fun little episode today mm-hmm. is there's going to be three parts. The first oh, no, part is a solved case that's just some fuckery. It's a little short one, and I just, what the fuck? The second one is also a solved case. It's a little bit longer, a little bit more involved. Um, there's a lot more detail to it. Cool. Third case, we don't know, my guy, and it's going to be bad, but we'll get to that. And that's so, also a short one. The so. way to sum that up is uh, Morgan's here to fuck your day. Yeah, always. 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 So we're going to start with Joseph Merlino. Let me set the scene. Oh, God. It's Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And Ellie Tran was... Tra- that's Tran, T-R-A-N. I feel like I said that weird. Tran. <laughs> Anyways. So... She's a single mom, um, working as a manicurist, like, you know, trying to support her two-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, She's 35, living with her parents in Virginia Beach. Um, So her parents, uh, she is, like, Vietnamese in ethnicity, and her parents moved over from Vietnam specifically to help raise their granddaughter. Um, But they didn't, like, speak English, so, like, Ellie, like, helped them. Okay. Like, just kind of navigate American life and all of that. That's fair. Um, she worked at a bunch of salons, trying to make as much money as possible. Um, but on February 14th of 2017, she... Uh, hold on, we're not going to get to that yet. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I put that in a weird order. I was like, wait, I don't know why I ordered this like You this. just did this whole ass build up for nothing. <laughs> um, okay, so like her daughter was like super important to her. Like I said, her daughter was two. And she had had her daughter with this guy named Joseph Merlino III. So he was 29 and she was like 35. So he was like six years younger than her. Get it, girl. Um, and he owned a mobile phone repair shop in Oceanfront, Virginia. Um, they dated for a few years. Like, obviously, she got pregnant. And right away, like, he got real weird about it. Like, she was like... Because, mm. like, um, she's Vietnamese and, like, they have different family ideals than say we do in america oh yeah so she was like yeah like i want my family to come over i want them involved you know what i mean like they're not here um and he was like no 
And then when they did move over, she was like, I want to live with them. Like, that's how we do it. Like, that's what I want. Like, I want us to live with them so they can help us, like, raise our daughter and be involved. Yeah. And he was like, no. Which, honestly, I kind of get. I don't think I'd want to live with my in-laws' parents for my entire life either. So I kind of get it. But, like, you know, not a not the best start to have a good child together. Depend. Because, like, if our neighbors were my in-laws, like, bet that just seems like a party all the time right but most of the other people i've met who would be potential in-laws not Mm. so much i think i have like one set of like quote-unquote in-laws that i loved to death and i still talk to them yeah i have a couple of those but not like and even those people though like i don't know if i'd want to like live with them forever oh absolutely not yeah i love them to death but i I almost said their names and I was like, no, I'm not going to expose myself like that. Just know that I have a set of an ex-boyfriend's parents and I still talk to them and I love them to death, but I would not live with them. (laughs) So like, I guess like after their baby was born, he started getting like super controlling. Mm. Um, And she like, obviously like is very traditional. Like she wanted her family to stay together, but like it got to the point where she started to be like afraid of him. And she was like, okay, yeah, like this is too far. Like I can't do this. Mm, don't um, like it so she went to the police saying that joseph had like grabbed her by the throat in front of their two-year-old daughter and he threatened to put her under the ground like basically was like i'm gonna murder you while like choking her out in front of their two-year-old daughter don't like that you know what punishment he got he got fined of course he did because he's a fucking white dude in america yeah, so he dipped, uh, like, they split up. She goes to live with her parents. Things get good. You know, she's working a lot, trying to support everybody. Um, but they were, like, the whole time this was happening, like, even, even though she was happy and, like, things were getting better for her, they were having, like, a really, like, brutal, like, custody battle. Okay. Um, so while she was, like, out working and stuff, he would try to break into her house or he would, like, follow her, like, to her work and stuff like that. Um, so it was so bad she literally got surveillance cameras like installed on her house. Jesus fucking Christ. And the 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 worst part of all of this is he had a fucking new girlfriend from China. Uh which clearly shows though, like I feel like he's not really picking people because he loves them. Um, but like he obviously was like stuck on their daughter and stuff, so he's being a crazy. Yeah. So Valentine's Day, twenty seventeen. About 8 p.m., she pulls up from work, pulls in her driveway, mm-hmm. gets out of her car, heads to the front door, and he was lying, like, in wait for her outside. So, I literally had to do this case just because there's so much just, like, what the actual fuck. So, this man runs up, mm-hmm. takes an antique syringe, stabs it into her thigh. Bitch, from where? <gasps> plunges it i don't fucking know what? and they were like it's not new like he didn't steal this like he bought like a fucking antique syringe <sighs> and like you know obviously depresses the whole thing injects her with a, a giant dose of cyanide the a- a- antique syringe was full of cyanide so he runs up stabs her in the leg depresses it runs away um she you know her mom like runs outside like because she ellie like screamed so like her mom runs outside 
um and ellie was like holding her leg and like pointing and she was like uh merlano just like stuck something in my leg um so she ellie managed to call 911 on her own but within 15 minutes she was unconscious and unable to breathe um, so they rushed her to Centara Princess Anne Hospital. What a fucking name for a hospital. Yeah, that's a go off. Um, but by midnight, she was declared brain dead. And the following day, her family had to take her off life support. Uh, which, obviously, she died of fucking cyanide poisoning. <laughs> yeah, I... <sighs> um, obviously, right away, especially because the fact she literally goes, Joseph did this to me. Um, they And, like, called the police and were like, hey, Joseph did this. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so they had, like, the security footage, but it wasn't, like, clear enough. Um, and he, like, specifically wore, like, a high-visibility shirt, so it would, like, distort on the cameras, because he must have known that they were there. What a jackass. And then he tried to say he was over 100 miles away visiting family in Victoria, Virginia, when she'd been stabbed. Um, but, so, his phone was there. His phone pinged in Victoria, but there was no text or call sent out from his phone the whole time it was in Victoria. So, like, clearly it wasn't... Wait, like, how, how many people do you know have their phone with them all day and don't send a single text or make a single call? Like, I, I could see a single call because I almost right. never call anyone, but they don't That's send a single text all day. Interesting. Um, So, like, they... <laughs> This man, what a fucking idiot. He ordered the syringe, right? So he had this regular pizza place he would go to. He got the syringe delivered to the pizza place. And the guy was like, uh, we got this package for you? Like, super weird? Um, and he had bought a vintage steel syringe for $68 from Etsy. Oh, Jesus, fuck. <laughs> yeah, so, um... They also looked at his internet searches, and he had internet searches about cyanide. Um, and then he already had his flight, like, booked to China, where he was going to, like, dip out and just go to China. Okay. Yeah, I... <laughs> Sorry, I, I've been listening this entire time. I was wondering, like, what injecting cyanide does to you? And I could only find, like, one case study about it, and it's from, like, a woman who tried to commit suicide by doing um, subdermal injections. Yeah. And oh. uh <laughs> they found four syringes. Two of them were full. So she got two in before she like went into a coma. It basically sends you into like lactic acidosis. Right. So it just makes sense. Fucking shuts your shit down. <laughs> to get her <laughs> she had to be intubated. Like she survived this whole thing. Oh shit. That's uh, impressive, honestly. But she had to be intubated and on a dopamine CRI and a norepinephrine. CRI, which for those who don't know, CRI is continuous rate infusion. So that's like when you're constantly on IV fluids. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, and dopamine, I mean, I, th I feel like everybody knows what dopamine is at this point. But norepinephrine is basically just like adrenaline. Yeah, that's bad so when you need constant adrenaline just to stay like alive. Yeah, when you need an adrenaline CRI, <laughs> holy fuck nuggets. <laughs> Do you want to hear how much worse this gets? Yes. No. Yes. Uh, it'll also cause the injection site to become necrotic. Ew. They have a picture. Oh. That's not as bad as I imagined in my head, to be honest. 
Well, she was also use, using hypodermic needle, needles and not a giant fucking antique syringe. syringe. <laughs> so this man, while awaiting his trial, mm-hmm. went on a two... He Ted bundy this shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. He <laughs> went on a two-month hunger strike and lost 40 pounds... Uh, which the prosecution believed he was trying to make himself like look different than the surveillance video. He also started sending coded letters to his family and his girlfriend that were immediately intercepted because um, he's in fucking jail. Um, so they believe that he was trying to get his girlfriend to create a fault like false messages yeah. to like create an alibi and like get his friends to say that they had like seen them talking. Um, he pl- the trial was in June last year of 2019. He he pled not guilty. Um, and his defense is you know still trying to say he was 100 miles away, and he fucking okay. So they you know get him on the stand whatever. They're questioning him about his web searches. His web searches include high quality syringes. <laughs> what if cyanide gets in the bloodstream, and how many milligrams of cyanide will kill you? Okay. Library computer, my dude. Library computer. <laughs> let's let's talk about um, internet footprints for a second. I just okay again. Do not condone murder. Do not murder people. But if you're gonna murder somebody, don't be a dumbass and research how to do the murder from your home computer, Casey Anthony, and your fucking chloroform Google search. It gets worse. It oh, somehow no. gets worse. Oh, no. Uh, so he's, you know, trying to be like, anyone could access my computer, blah, blah, blah. Um, they had, like, Ellie's family testify and stuff. Um, and Did this dumbass have a password on his computer? Because that's going to make my day. Oh, no. Okay. So they he was found guilty. Um, Gee, and the jury why. like recommended life in prison and stuff and like her family was actually really happy obviously happy about the verdict and they were like we feel like justice has been done like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like whatever um but in december of that to last year they uh they went to sentence him right mm-hmm. so the morning of the sentencing he's wheeled into the courtroom in like one of those like the more like gurney type wheelchairs for usually for people who are like severely disabled um, so yeah. they're not like a typical chair. They're more like... I know what you're talking yeah. about. Um, and he was like covered in a blanket. He was foaming at the mouth, like rocking side to side, like completely unresponsive. Does this bitch have rabies? What is happening? So the judge didn't have a choice. Like he had to postpone the sentencing. But uh, everyone was just like, bro, he's faking it. Like he's literally faking it. So he doesn't have to get sentenced. Like, this man whole ass put on a show, pretended to be mentally disabled so he wouldn't have to be sentenced. Like, that would matter. <laughs> like, that would change anything about what is going to happen to him. Right. Like, you're you're going to be in jail regardless of if you get sentenced or not. You know this, right? <laughs> and then the following week, he was sentenced to life in prison and made a miraculous recovery. Because did I mention that he only started acting like that the morning of his sentencing? Hmm. Wow. What a coincidence. And then he blamed, immediately blamed his lawyers for their failings and said that he plans to, con- like, appeal. Um, and it just, like, just, bro. <laughs> why what would the you- fuck? <laughs> I just want to know, like, why you would present like you had rabies and not, like, schizophrenia. Like, one of these is a lot easier to uphold than the other. 
And I'll give you a hint. It's not the rabies one. It's not literally foaming at the mouth. Right. Like, that's... What? what? The man is a special kind of stupid. That That's a... I feel like calling him stupid is an insult to stupid people. You know, I genuinely agree with that. He doesn't deserve to be categorized with them. I feel that in my soul. Like, he... He has surpassed stupid and gone straight to ignoramus. Are you ready for another very similar case? Oh, God. <laughs> We're going to talk about Dr. John Hamilton, Hamilton, who is an OBGYN and an abortion doctor. Oh, I already hate it. In conservative Oklahoma. Oh. Uh... I have additional questions. So this one, I also have a lot of quotes uh, because most of this, I watched like a really good, um, fuck, I can't remember if it was like Dateline or like 60 Minutes or something like that. I can yeah. look it up and post the link. But they did like a whole ass interview, like big documentary interview thing. So like there's a lot of like quotes. Um, so him and his wife, Susan, met in 1985 at a friend's birthday party. Um, both of them had been, like, recently divorced. Like, John had divorced from his first wife, and then Susan had, like, divorced from a guy that we'll hear about later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was, like, everyone said that she was, like, you know, super smart, super sweet. Like, she had a really good education, but, like, it was, like, her dream to be, like, a stay-at-home mom. I have so many additional questions. Like, who? I want to I want to know who wakes up one morning and is like you know what my life goal is to be barefoot and pregnant what especially because she's already 39 at this point uh so she was 39 he was 37 and they both had two children already from their first marriages um people said like they had like an ideal love story like they met at this friend's birthday party they hit it off right away had like an instant connection um you know like people like everyone knew them because they both worked at the clinic that he like ran Mm-hmm. And like everyone knew them. Like everyone was like, I wish I had someone that looked at me like the way that John looks at Susan. Like, you know, they so, were super in love. <laughs> this is feeling very Nicholas Sparksy at the moment, but I feel like it's going to take a very Stephen King turn. Like, like is this murder? Like, if Stephen King had tried to write a love story, but then he remembered that he'd a whore, he's in horror. Yes. <laughs> I knew exactly what you're trying to say, and the answer is yes. Uh, for those who don't speak my specific kind of crazy, um, I was trying to say that if Stephen King tried to write a love story, but then remember that he's a horror author. Oh no, I scrolled back to the top. That was a really hard sentence to get through. Like putting horror and author right next to each other is really hard. Like really, really hard. It honestly is. That's why it kept coming out like horror hour. I'm not sure any of that was English, but <laughs> we'll continue. It's okay because you speak my form of crazy, so you knew exactly what was happening. Okay. Two years after their first date, they married at a country club. Mm-hmm. Um, they lived in like a big house in a fancy neighborhood. They would throw these big dinner parties, go on vacation all the time. Aw, that's so cute. So who cheated on who and then who murdered who for cheating? Oh, it gets weirder than that. <gasps> so... They, uh, you know, even after they got married, they were, like, inseparable. Um, she, like I said, she managed his clinic, so she was there, like, several days a week. Um, 
And that was, like, a little risky because, like, it was an abortion clinic. So, like, there were a lot of protesters outside. Right. Um, so, like, her ex would, like, worry about her all the time. Like, you know what I mean? She's working at this clinic, like, with these fucking protesters. Like, who knows what's going to do, what they're going to do. But, like, they were like, oh, she's, like, a tough lady. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, she didn't take any shit. Her ex literally said, <laughs> and this is my life's goal. He said, I don't think there was any question she wore the pants. And if there was another pair, she'd go get those. <laughs> I am fairly certain that I've said that about you before. I know. I was like, I radiate that energy and I love it. Um, but if anything, like these like threats and stuff against their clinic, like just brought them closer together. Like this wasn't an issue of contention, anything. So February 14th, 2001. This would have been their 15th Valentine's Day together. But that morning, it was a Wednesday, John arrived home from the hospital and found Susan lying beaten and strangled on their bathroom floor. Her head was bludgeoned so badly that her face was 100% unrecognizable. They had no way to tell who she was. She also had two different ties, like tied in nooses around her throat. That was a plot twist I wasn't ready for. So John calls 911. Uh, naturally. Um, and I'm going to walk you through this very, very short and interesting oh, no. message. So, you know, the operator's like, 911. He goes, please, please send police. Please send an ambulance, please. They're like, what's the problem? He goes, my wife's, my wife, my wife. I think my wife is dead. Please, please. My wife. And they're like, sir. Sir. And he's like, please. And then he told her that he was trying CPR. He goes, listen, I'm a doctor. I've been trying CPR. Please send somebody quick. And they're like, okay, is she not breathing? And he goes, no, she's not breathing. I don't get a pulse. Please hurry. And they're like, okay, you're doing CPR. And he goes, yeah, I'm trying. I'm going to hang up now. Bye. And Um, she goes, all right, we'll be right there. And he just goes, okay, and hangs up the phone. So... (laughs) Here's here's the thing about CPR, and I feel like I have a leg to stand on here because, you know, I, I work in a medical profession and also I did CPR five times on Tuesday. Um, CPR doesn't work if they don't have a face. <laughs> like, nasal passages and airwaves are a really essential part of CPR. <laughs> and I feel like if you don't know that, then maybe you shouldn't be practicing medicine, my dude. To be fair, he's an OBGYN, but uh, yeah, still. Right. Um, anybody who went to medical school has to do full bodily auto- anatomy, not autonomy. autonomy. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you do have to talk about that too in well, ethics, yeah. but... <laughs> But you, you have to go through a full anatomy course. Like, I don't care if you just focused on OBGYN. You still have to go through a full anatomy course and how all of the things relate to your one area. So you should know that if there's no face, then there's no airways. And if there's no airways, CPR's not going to work. So we're gonna find out. I wanna. I wanna see who you think did this after I like explain everything because it's a little open. Whoop. We haven't got to you know Ugh, all the other fine, stuff. Okay, fine. 
Okay, so obviously by the time fucking EMS shows up, they're like, yeah, this bitch is dead. <laughs> like, very dead. Yeah. Doesn't have a face. Yeah. Dead. So they were like, okay, is it a robbery? Is it, like, a random person who broke in? Is it, you know, one of these anti, like, abortion protesters? You know what I mean? That took it way too fucking far. Um, so, like, oh, oh and also, that. did I mention that uh, she was naked when they found her? Like, she wasn't wearing clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... So was it? So it was a little more open, you know what I mean? So they were kind of like, oh, this could have been like a rape and murder. Someone broke into your house. It could have been one of these fucking anti abortion crazies. Like, no one really knows what happened. Yeah. Was it penetration with a foreign object? I don't know. I didn't see anything about her being sexually assaulted, though. I'd like that was in none of the details that I found that she was sexually assaulted. She was just found naked. Mm, I don't like it. Continue. So Oklahoma City sends investigators Teresa Sterling and Randy Scott. Um, so they show up at noon and they were like, also, you have to think like this is a super rich neighborhood. Right. Like shit like this is like really, really fucking weird. So right away, they're like, OK, who could be responsible? You know, whatever. Um, So the week before she was murdered, a wanted poster with Dr. Hamilton's face on it had been left at their house. And it said, a reward in heaven will be bestowed on anyone contributing to bringing this murder to justice. And both of them had received threatening phone calls that week. Um, like, his friends were legitimately, like, afraid for his safety. Like, people were, like, trying to set fire to the clinic. People were, like, vandalizing their house. Um, like, the, that wanted poster. Sorry, I forgot. It wasn't just at their house. It was posted all over their neighborhood, including their kid's school. And also, right before the murder, literally, like, days before the murder, an anti-abortion group had applied for a permit to stage a protest in front of their house. Okay. I'm going to get on the soapbox real quick. Um, If you disagree with somebody's profession or their viewpoints on, like, let's say abortion, um, you don't get to be a trash person because you disagree with them. You don't get to protest them because you disagree with them. You don't get to threaten their life because you disagree with them. Like, that's not how this shit works. Grow up and understand that people have different opinions. And just because your God says that abortion is murder does not mean that science says abortion is murder, nor does it mean that anybody else subscribes to your specific religious beliefs. There are 300 major religions and over a thousand different deities that are worshipped. Your specific one does not get to give bodily, like, does not get to take away bodily autonomy from anybody. And you subscribing to that belief system does not give you the right to be a trash bag to people. You just don't. Besides, like, let's be real. This is all Christianity. And um, if you've actually read your Bible, which I promise you, you haven't because you're a cherry picking Christian. um. Love thy neighbor as thyself is one of the biggest themes in there. Like, forgiveness is one of the biggest themes in the New Testament. Like, oh my God, Jesus had dinner with a prostitute. Like, do you think they cared about... (laughs) Like, 
you don't get to use your religious beliefs to be an asshole because your religious beliefs actually preach forgiveness and acceptance and loving your neighbor as yourself regardless of whatever they're doing not to mention this is not a new issue abortions happened back in like especially if you think that jesus was like a real person walking the earth and all that stuff like that time period abortions oh. were still happening abortions have always been happening this has been going on for centuries like we've always done things to prevent pregnancy or stop right. pregnancies like that's just how life works like so clearly if he had an issue with it he knew about it back then he would have been like hey my dudes yeah don't do this not that that fucking would matter anyways but right. he didn't do that regardless so yeah and it's okay. you're wrong thank also you. friendly reminder that uh if you protest abortion and you get rid of safe abortions guess what abortions aren't gonna stop like they're what's gonna, gonna happen way is more someone's dangerous. gonna shove a coat hanger up their vagina and then they're gonna die have fun with that blood on your hands and one more i'm almost off of my soapbox i promise if you're so pro-life go adopt or at least fund orphanages right fund adoption agencies fund like, you know that whole process <laughs> taking care of homeless kids uh right. foster children like the foster care system is fucked if you care so much funnel your energy into that funnel your energy and your money into orphanages adopt a baby that doesn't have parents like don't go okay i'm done sorry i <laughs> i'm gonna pack this back down into the box it came out of we're gonna move on otherwise we're gonna be here for three hours okay so <laughs> obviously they were like we're not they weren't idiots so they were like we have to look at the husband as well you Obviously. know what i mean um but he had like a really good alibi so he was up at dawn for a 7 a.m surgery at the clinic um it was over by eight afterwards he stopped by the main hospital where he had another procedure scheduled for later and at around like 8 30 a.m he ran into like um, a former doctor he used to work with mm -hmm. um and she said that he was in the doctor's lounge and he was like talking on the phone what she thought he she thought he was talking on the phone to Susan. Okay. Um, and then he decided to swing home, and that's when he found her. Because their house was like super close in between. It was like kind of dead in between the two hospitals, so mm -hmm. like it was super easy for him to like. He would often like stop at the house. Um, so he was at home for a few minutes. Um, at nine a.m., his pager went off with the hospital calling him back for a different surgery. By nine thirty, he was you know scrubbing up for the surgery. Um, procedure was nothing, you know. No big deal. Uh, well, it was a complicated tumor removal, but, like, he was fine during it. They're, like, he acted totally normal. There was nothing weird going on. Was right on time. Yeah. Whatever. So, t oh, it was, yeah, because this is when he found her. So, at 1045, he was on his way home again, and that's when he found her. It was the second time. Okay. So, they were, like, okay, like, that timeline is, like, you wouldn't have had time to do it. Like, you had a lot of shit going on. Like, you know, I don't think this would be, like, possible. And even, like, they interviewed, like, his former medical partner, and she was like, I don't think a physician could go commit a murder and then immediately go commit, like, do surgery. You know what I mean? And be completely normal. Um, but they were like, we're not going to rule it out, but, like, he's pretty unlikely. Yeah. But they found a Valentine's Day card um, that Susan had wrote for John and that had been opened. Um and that kind of, like, it showed that she still, like, felt something for him, but it wasn't, like, the same, like, in her, 
like inside of his Jaguar, like inside of his car, they found her note and it like inside the Valentine's too, she wrote like, obviously I bought this before last Monday. So like clearly they had some kind of like parcel. Yeah. And like maybe like they're breaking up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were really kind of like unsure. Um, And then one of her friends kind of took police aside and was like, hey, like she called me last week and was telling me that like things were not so good with them. Like she, I guess Susan had noticed that John was getting a lot of phone calls and then he was getting like a lot of phone calls on his cell phone, but he wasn't like answering them around her. Okay. Like he would like purposely ignore them. And then finally when she was like, dude, what the fuck is up with these phone calls? He told her that it was a patient and that she was like just having a hard time and he was like helping her out. The patient, Susan discovered, was a stripper at a nightclub. And like, because she ended up getting his cell phone records because obviously they're on the same phone plan. That's really easy to do. And there was like way too many calls back and forth. And she was like, okay, there's no way this is a fucking patient. You know what I mean? Um, cause she said, they said that she found like close to like a hundred phone calls between them. Um, so, you know, she's like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, oh, she's having like serious psychological problems. Like she keeps threatening to commit suicide. Like he was like, I was just trying to help her. Like maybe I did too much for her, but you know, I'm just trying to be a good person. You're an OBGYN, not a psychiatrist. Well, and everyone was like, I don't think it's true. Like, he's so in love with you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's cheating on you. You know what I mean? And she kind of had, like, calmed down and was kind of like, okay, yeah, maybe they're right. Like, maybe sh- he wasn't cheating on me. Um, But then, like, some of her friends, like, obviously after she was murdered, some of her friends were like, that's weird fucking timing. Like, yeah. she was thinking of leaving him and, like, all of a sudden... um. But a lot of people were like, they thought it was like the stripper who m- murdered her. Was like, oh, she wanted to be with Johns, and like clearly she was having mental problems. Like she's the one who came and killed Susan. Mm, I don't buy it. Um, yeah. So the like when they found Susan's body, like it was so clearly like overkill. Like her skull had been cracked open with an object that they never found, and her face was so bloody because someone had beat her face over and over again until the tile floor like like i said like she had two ties around her neck um and the whole thing they were like oh and there wasn't there was all this blood but there was no footprints anywhere and they were like not like you know what i mean like this is not like there was no burglary like there was no tracks that ran out. And they also lived, like, right by, like, a creek, which means that the ground is pretty soft. Right. So it's, like, easy to leave footprints. So there was no footprints anywhere. And so they were kind of just, like, that seems weird. And then, like, so then they noticed that his behavior, like, around the 911 call was also a little weird. So he had told the 911 operator that he was performing CPR. Mm-hmm. But when the first responder came, like he like noticed that the way he was doing like cpr was super fucking weird he said that he had one hand on her chest and one on her abdomen doing compressions like that's not a thing like with compressions you interlock your hands the palm goes right on the center of the sternum uh and like i said like she he had one hand on her like sternum and then one hand on her stomach and then they were like there's clearly you've never even tried resuscitation because he didn't have any blood on him 
Like, he didn't have any... Well, he had some on his hands, but he didn't have any blood on his face. And they were like, bro, if you tried to do mouth to mouth, like, you would have blood on your face. You know what I mean? And, like... Because, obviously, like I said, like, her face was extremely, extremely bloody. Um, So, when this happened, too, like, obviously, right after they came to the crime scene, they put John in the police car. Mm -hmm. Mostly just kind of like a stay out of the way. We don't know what's happening. And he was acting, like, real fucking weird. So, he was literally scraping his knuckle on, like, the mesh screen between, like, the front seat and the back seat. Like... And he was, like, banging his head on the screen and, like, bloodying himself up, like, a lot. Um, And they, like, put him, like, they had taken him to the police station after this, like, took his clothes for evidence and, like, gave him new clothes and kind of set him in, in, like, an interrogation room or, like, sit here for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. But they were, like, recording him this whole time, obviously. And he was, like really like he was acting like really weird so he was like looking in the mirrors like checking out himself like checking out like his shoulder which they were like like he was like looking like he had like hurt his shoulder and he was like checking it out and then they found like a bunch of scratches on his hands and his arms and so they were like oh is that why you were scratching on the cake like you already had scratches on your hands and stuff and you realized and you were trying to like bloody them up so we wouldn't be able to see them yeah, so they were like. Mm, I mean, like seems the weird. The CPR may like the smallest sliver of explanation because, like, if you're an OBGYN, you you're not gonna be well versed in CPR. And I know. For us, like for veterinary, like we still do the interlocking hands, but sometimes we. Well, A, first of all, we don't do it on their back. We do it on their side. Yeah. Um, Unless it's a boxer or like a bully breed where they're a lot stockier. But I digress. Um, But so, like, so when we do CPR, we're not trying to get to the heart. We're trying to use the chest cavity to contract the heart. I mean, it's sense. the same thing in humans as well. You're just doing it at a different angle because of the yeah. nature of how our bodies are structured. I mean, if it's a smaller dog, we can, like, actually get on the heart. But, like, for the most part, we're using the chest cavity to, like, compress around the heart to make it do the things. So, like, but that still doesn't, under like, explain why. There's no way. And uh, OBGYNs do know CPR really well because they have a lot of, like, labor, like, deliveries. Oh, and, like, no. it's quite yeah. possible that, you know People what I mean? People code all the time during pregnancy. Exactly. No, you're right. They should know CPR. No. Yeah, they should know it really well. Yeah, I've, I've got nothing for his hand being on our abdomen. <laughs> I so, got nothing. <laughs> then they were like, okay, but he had these two surgeries, right? Like, yeah. how would he have had time to do it in between them? He had these two surgeries. But they looked into it a little bit more. This Actually, the police were, like, really good in this case. Like, they were actually not shitty. So they look a little closer and then they find out that the second surgery was supposed to happen at 9 Mm a.m., but it was pushed back to 940. And why was it delayed? Because he was late. Because he was late. And yeah, they were actually literally like scrubbed up about to get started when they realized that he wasn't there. And Hmm. so it ended like they literally had the lady under anesthesia and the doctor just wasn't there, which like. First of all, what the fuck yeah, kind of hospital of all, is this? Uh, y- you always make sure your doctor's there before you induce. <laughs> but go off. Yeah, so they instantly were like, oh, okay, that's sketchy. So they, you know, 
arrested him, charged him, mm-hmm. um, denied him any, you know, bail, whatever. So um, even like even her kids were like, no, we don't think he did it. Like he was so sweet. Like he loved her so much. Like, you know what I mean? In December of 2001, he ended up being tried. Mm-hmm. And like they had like everybody, like all of the doctors, the kids, like everyone was testifying for him. And so they were very much like, kind of what is going on? Yeah. Um. But in the trial, they, you know, obviously brought up the card and were like, hey, you know, like she was threatening to leave him. Oh, yeah. And then they were like, so obviously he went back for the second surgery instead of canceling it because he wanted to like cover up. But they were like, okay, so he had to have left the house by 920 to make it to the hospital by 930, which is when he was seen, like, scrubbing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but Susan, and that was kind of another reason where they are like, oh, that makes sense that these timelines overlap. Because she was also supposed to leave around 920. Like, she was actually getting ready to, like, leave. Like, mm-hmm. that's why she was naked. Because she had just gotten out of the shower. Like, her hair was still wet. Oh, okay. Uh, but I didn't want to say that earlier because I wanted to, like, leave it up. and You know what I mean? <laughs> Jerk. Um. Yeah, but, like, that's why she was still undressed and her hair was, like, physically still wet even when they found her. And they also found a wet rag left in the pool of blood around her head where someone had, like, tried for, like, five seconds to clean it up and went immediately, like, this is not going to fucking work. Right. Um. So, yeah, he thinks he would, like, they were, like, oh, he was, like, oh, I'm going to clean this up. And they were kind of realized, like, what time it was and just, like, oh, this is not going to fucking happen. Like, I got to go. And then later on, they found that he had tried to stage a burglary because, like, they went, a friend went back to the house to, like, get something. Mm-hmm. And they found, like, some of her shit in, like, weird places. Like, he had hidden the jewelry, like, all of her jewelry, like, super deep in the closet because he was trying to, like, make investigators <laughs> think that it was stolen. Because <laughs> she went, like, oh, we went to go find, like, something of hers and we found just a fucking like a bunch of jewelry that was like hidden and they were just like you dumb bitch (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah so they found um so they brought in a like a blood splatter like blood stain expert um and they found out that this part's so fucking ridiculous okay so, obviously, like, a lot of the blood on his clothes could be explained by the fact that he was trying to administer CPR. Mm-hmm. But they found that the blood specifically on his left shoe did not match that. And so they found the shoes next to her body. He wasn't wearing them. Yeah. Do you know why he wasn't wearing them? He said that they fell off of his feet while he was trying to revive her. Okay. 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 <laughs> Uh, let me learn y'all a thing about the medical field (laughs) is we don't wear shoes that could fall off (laughs) cause if that happened we'd all be running around barefoot like every shoe that is designed for medical professionals either has super tight laces on them mine don't even have I mean they have like laces but it has one of those like drawstring things that you have on backpacks like you don't like my shoes don't tie it has the drawstring thing right uh medical clogs are always super tight if you have like the medical crocs they've like they come up high on your ankle so that they don't 
slip off. All of our shoes that are designed for our profession are slip free so you don't fall on your ass and they don't slip off so you don't fall on your ass. 99% of normal shoes are not going to just fall off because you kneeled down. Oh, If they would, no one would wear them. Oh my god. So, oh, and it gets better. I can't believe this man. <laughs> so, like, they looked at the blood splatter. They found out that, obviously, not only did the blood splatter on his left shoe, like, show that he was there, mm-hmm. um, but they laid up, like, his shirt compared to, like, the wound on her head, and it was, like, perfect, like, blood spray. Like, you could see exactly how it had, like, come out from her head across his shirt. And so, but the most damning evidence mm-hmm. is they looked in his Jaguar. Oh, Jesus fuck. On the steering wheel and the driver's side seat and door sill, they found strands of her hair and parts of her flesh. Ugh. Which they think that what he did is, like, he took the murder weapon and, like, wrapped it up and, like, tossed it in the car, mm-hmm. which got, like, stuff off. And it, like, kind of leaked. And then he ended up, like, tossing it somewhere, like, on his drive. Because yeah. they never actually found the murder weapon. Um, and obviously he was trying to be like, we were fine. We worked it up. We were together. Um, like, I think we're gonna be together forever. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And you gotta just be like, I was acting sketchy because I was scared. I thought the police were gonna falsely accuse me. Nobody who's scared of being falsely accused rubs their knuckles on mesh to cover up scratches that were already there. If you're worried about being uh actually accused because you did it then yeah you're gonna fucking rub your knuckles on some mesh to try to cover shit up but if you're worried about being falsely accused the d- no no yeah so it was wild too uh during the because like i said they had the blood splatter guy come mm-hmm. and like at the end of his testimony they were like is there anything that you think that the experts have missed or like like the police department missed. And he was like, well, yeah. And they were like, wait, really? Like what? And he was like, well, yeah, like the shirt. If you, if you look at the shirt on the inside of the right cuff, there's blood in there. Like he had to have done it. There's fucking blood inside of his cuff. And literally they were like, (laughs) they're like, if you can get whiplash in a courtroom, that's what happened. Cause everyone (laughs) just like whipped around and they were like, wait, how did we not notice that? And they literally like pulled out the shirt and they were like, yeah, there's blood right here on the inside of the cuff. Like, what the fuck? And that was kind of his, like, he was done for. The, the jury was like, yeah, no, he's fucking guilty. You gave your own piece of damning evidence. Like, you lit. You're like, oh, here's this little present it's tied up in a nice little bow. Here you go. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously he was found guilty. Um, so far, f- appeals have not a uh, have not worked. He's in he's in prison now. Gee, I wonder why. Um, it was really cute. Before we go to the bad bad story, we'll end on a cute little note for this one, because they go because her ex got her kids back. You know, obviously because they already had shared custody mm-hmm. and stuff. So, and they were like interviewing him, obviously, and they're like, "So has this like ruined Valentine's Day for you? Like, this is pretty fucked up." And he said that they actually turned it into, like, 
like it started out negative obviously but they turned it into like a little positive because like the kids were like we're never gonna celebrate it again and they changed it into said like you know what i mean like no this is a day about love like we're gonna use this day to like remember her and like you know like really like this is a day where we're really gonna like think about her and like you know like gather together and like share that mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's so wholesome like that's so also healthy and not toxic <laughs> like that is the best way to handle something like that could you imagine like in the early years before they like got to that point dating one of the kids and being like oh it's like it's go valentine's, valentine's day. day this is the day my mom was brutally murdered oh oh never mind okay uh, are you ready for our third and final case? No. Yes. No. Okay. This yes. is the case of Jesse McBain and Patricia McMahon. Or Patricia Mann. Sorry. <laughs> I just want to put mix on everything. Let's try that again. Jesse McBain and Patricia Mann. <laughs> I thought you were about to do it again. There's also, um, I highly recommend it. I didn't honestly want to do a huge deep dive into this case because like valentine's day and i wanted to do a bunch of cases uh but there's a podcast specifically about this called the long dance and i heard it's super good like it had a lot of really great reviews so if you want to like learn more about this then check that out okay so patricia was 20 years old um she was a nursing student at watts hospital in durham um he jesse uh, was 19 years old, a freshman at North Carolina State University. Mm-hmm. Um, they were super happy together, talking about getting engaged, you know, doing the education, all that fun stuff. <laughs> doing the education. So this one actually technically is like two days before Valentine's Day, but I'm pretty sure they found them on Valentine's Day. Okay. But we'll see. Wait, the, the, them? Los dos? We'll, we'll get there. So Friday, February 12th, 1971, it was a cold night in central North Carolina. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, it had been raining all day. So like <laughs> it was kind of cold and like not great out. Um, so there was a Valentine's Day dance at like at the hospital. Okay. And so he was going from his parents' house in North Chatham County to Durham to visit her. And he actually wasn't supposed to have the car that night. Because remind, like, he's only 19. Um, so him and his brother, like, shared the car. And it actually wasn't his night to even have the car. Uh, which really sucks. Because if his brother would have been like, no, you can't have it, then none of this would have happened. Um, but he made a deal with his brother. And so they traded days and, like, figured it out. So he picks up this car, you know, goes and picks Patricia up. And they're going to go to this dance. So around 1130, they leave the dance. And she also signed out of, like, her dorm. So, like, they knew that she wasn't in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they went and parked at, like, a, you know, a lover's lane um, nearby. And um, so what they had done is, like, it was kind of a cool area that doesn't, like, exist anymore. So they were making this big, like, neighborhood. Okay. And so they had built, like, the roads and all the cul-de-sacs, but they hadn't, like, built the houses yet. Okay. So it was kind of, like, remote, like, a little area. And, like, a lot of, like, the nurses from the hospital, like, knew about it and, like, would go there with their boyfriends. Like, this was, like, a common thing. Right. Um, and <laughs> it literally says uh, the unwritten rule was if someone was in a cul-de-sac, you just go to the next cul-de-sac. 
Mm-hmm. I think most, like many of the girls had a specific spot they would always go to. There was, um, like where I lived before, like in high school, there was an unfinished neighborhood that was like right next to ours. That like same deal was just like basically just they had set it up to build a ton of houses, but they had built like four. Maybe it's changed since then, but yeah, that's how yeah. this was. It's like a full neighborhood <laughs> now. Obviously, this was back in the seventies, right? But uh, I would just like to make it clear because my mom does listen to this. I never did this. <laughs> I don't know if she's going to believe me, but like, I promise you, mom, I was not one of these degenerates. But it was like the same deal. Like people would go and like drive to this neighborhood and like pick one of the dead end spots and just like hook up or like smoke weed or, or like do drink whatever, or whatever. Yeah. Again, mom, I promise I was not one of those degenerates. We didn't really have a lot. There's not a lot of places like that in Jackson, to be honest. Like, we don't really have a lot of those. Fenton, before it tried to pretend that it was snooty, like, was just some real redneck country. It still kind of is. It's just trying to masquerade like it's not. Yeah. So the next morning, Saturday, the 13th, Mm -hmm. um, they realized, like, she never signed back into her dorm. So, like, she never came home. Okay. Uh, This was, like, not like her like she was super responsible had never ever missed curfew like wouldn't be out of her dorm at night because obviously this is the 70s things were a little bit different then Mm -hmm. um and they were like this is weird and also he's a really good guy so they were like we don't think he would do something to her like they were very happy Mm -hmm. so they were like this is weird so like her friends started calling local hospitals seeing if they'd been like in a car accident um and then they tried to file a police report right away um, and they were kind of just like, hey, it's a little early for that. Yeah. Um, so they literally, like, some of her coworkers, like, straight up went to different hospitals. Like, full-on drove to different hospitals trying to find. And they eventually went to the Lover's Lane area where they found her car. Okay. Um, So their coats are in the back. There's no sign of, like, disarray or struggle. Like, everything looks totally normal. Mm-hmm. Um, And they had, like, like, the older cars back in the 70s had, like, these little vent windows and, like, they had one that was, like, unlocked, so the people could, like, reach in and, like, uh, li- literally unlock the car, because the yeah. car was also, like, locked. Um, so, like I said, like, they noticed, like, nothing really seemed out of place, like, seemed totally normal, but it was also cold. Like, it's February, and they their coats were in the back. Okay. So, like, they just went out into the cold with no coats. And so, this is when the police department gets involved, because they're like, that's fucking weird, that's not right. Right. Um. So, at first, they said that they thought that they may have eloped, but then they were like, why would they leave their coats? Why would they leave their car? Why would they not take the car to get eloped? Like, right. that doesn't fucking make sense. Um, So they were like, within a day or two, they were like, yeah, this is weird and bad. So they spent two weeks trying to look for them. But on February 25th of 1971, a surveyor who was working in a heavily wooded area along like a dirt road, he found what he thought was a mannequin. So he went to go check it out. It, and it was a leg. That yeah. had been, like, sticking up out of a pile of leaves. Oh, no. Literally, like, criminal minds this shit. So, like, he goes over there and he's, like, right away when he gets close, he's, like, okay, that is not a mannequin. <laughs> uh, uh, so, <laughs> he calls police, obviously. <laughs> um, they were found tied to a tree with thick knots around their heads and their hands. Both of them had been strangled. Um, he was still wearing, like, his class ring and his watch. Um, There's no signs of theft. There's no signs of sexual assault. 
Um, she did have one internal injury where it seemed like she'd either been like punched really hard or like kicked or like something that like could cause internal damage. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, you know, people come (laughs) right away. Um, right away. They're like, okay, this is who it is. Like, this is what happened. Uh, they bring in like everybody. They brought in the state department. They brought in the FBI. Mm -hmm. They were like, this is bigger than us <laughs> <laughs> this this is bigger. you know what i can appreciate police departments that instead of like completely fucking up an entire investigation i'm looking at multiples i'm not even going to call out one single department because i'm looking at multiple departments right now uh but i can appreciate it that if instead of just completely fucking up the entire situation and creating yourself a cold case you just go nope we uh this is beyond us this is not in our repertoire we're just gonna call the big boys yeah so they like like a big boy case the first couple weeks they didn't really get anything and then they had a couple of suspects that kind of came out um some were cleared by like polygraph tests um but there was one in particular it was a doctor at the hospital she worked at and um he's still a person of interest to this day Um, Because he's refused to cooperate with authorities at all. Mm. Um, So they found... So with new technology, there's a thing called an MVAC. And it's a... I love it. It's one of my favorite, like, newer technology things. So basically what it is, is it's fucking, like, a shop vac. But it's used for, like, collecting DNA... Um, and it can collect DNA. It's much more sophisticated than that, but it basically, it basically is a wet vac. It was used to like find pathogens and food samples originally when it was created, but then they realized it could be used to like kind of like suction off like DNA from things that's hard to like get DNA off of, like the inside of the knots on the ropes around them. I'm sorry, I'm still. So okay, so what it does? I'm still just picturing. No, I I understand what it does. I understand this concept completely. Well, it. It's kind of weird, though, because it's like it's kind of like a carpet cleaner and a wet vac because it, what it does is it like sprays out a solution. Yeah. And then that's like and then it suctions all that stuff oh, yeah. back up. And no, I, I completely understand the purpose of this thing. But because of how you described it, I'm just picturing like a shop vac. That's what it looks like. Oh, that's literally what it looks like. Yeah. But it like basically okay. imagine like a shop vac, but then the nozzle like sprays out a solution and then you just kind of like suck it up like a carpet cleaner. Okay. I'm with you. And there's only 80 of them exist in the entire world with only 40 of them being in the United States. So like my mental picture was not. Not that off. far off. Okay, honestly. cool. That's uh, that's going to live in my brain for the rest of my life now. And this is like recent, recent. So like yeah. they, their county just finally got one, and they've had these ropes preserved for the last forty-seven years, Bless waiting them. for something like this. So finally, maybe, like they haven't even been able to test it yet, but maybe, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> they can finally, finally found, like find who did this. Yeah. And to leave on a terrible note. No, oh, no. Because. Because you're the worst. I'm the worst. (laughs) There was something special about these ropes and the way that they were tied. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. And what that was is that there was clear signs that these had been, um, the ones on, like, on their hands and specifically, like, on their necks and, like, their heads and stuff had been tied and untied 
many, many times because they were tor- like torturing them, basically. Mm. Like, bringing them almost to death, releasing it, letting them revive, get better, and then doing it over and over and over again for, like, hours until they finally passed away. Thanks. I hate it. Which is one of the reasons they really want to find who did this, yeah, obviously. That's fucking wild. That feels like it's got to be personal. I feel like that, too. And I feel like they had to have had a gun or something of some sort because how else would they have gotten them out of their car without like, doing without any, any signs of struggle right like no rough housing no not like like because like i said she'd been like kicked or punched like once probably after she was tied up someone like punched her in the stomach or right. something but there was no other injuries on them besides those like besides the ones related to the ropes yeah so they hadn't been but... like rough housed or forced well they were forced there obviously but like not f- like physically the, that feels like it just has to be so personal because like I mean, don't get me wrong. There are, like, sadists who would probably just fucking love, like, tying and untying a rope. But, like, that just feels really, really per Like, that feels like you've got something that you're vindicating. Right. Like, you're doing this on purpose for a reason. Right. Yeah, I hate it. I really want to listen to the whole podcast because, like, I didn't have time to do that before this episode. But, like, yeah, it seems same. like a dope story. You know what I Or not, like, a dope story. Like, it's <laughs> very sad. But, like, I'm interested to see what... It definitely has lives in my brain now. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's definitely interesting. Um, so happy Valentine's Day! Happy Valentine's Day! Hope you don't get murdered. Yeah, but don't if you get do, murdered. Uh, have your friends and family let us know, and you can be on next year's Valentine's Day episode. Yeah, maybe you can make the list. <laughs> I mean, please, please don't. Please don't die. Yeah, don't don't get murdered. Thank you. But if you do. Let Just us know. Let your, <laughs> well, you can't let us know because you're dead. But happy, that was the joke. Like, I mean, you can't. We do. We do do say seances every now and again. So you know, maybe pop on. This is a seance. Yeah, shut <laughs> All of the coffee that I drank just hit me at one time, and like, I am vibrating now. <laughs> I can see through dimensions. <laughs> I say as I drink my own cup of coffee. I can see sounds and taste colors. So, you know, that's where I'm at. Uh, but yeah, just please don't get murdered. But, you know, if you do, just like leave a note for like your friends and your family and just be like, hey, let these girls know that I got murdered on Valentine's Day. So that Or can... any major holiday, you know? Yeah. You know, if, if uh, you have any friends who got murdered on like St. Patrick's Day, because that's the next one coming up. Let us. <laughs> I'm going to pull out some <laughs> something terrible for that. I'm ready. I don't know what oh, yet, don't you but worry. I'm going to find something terrible. <laughs> I have a case that is the only serial killer to come out of Ireland. Liddy. That I have been I'm saving. I'm so sorry I said that. <laughs> I was trying to gloss over it. I have been saving for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> like, I have had him tucked into my back pocket for like six months now. I'm ready. Just in general. Yeah, I mean, we're both Irish, so we're we're ready for St. Patrick. <laughs> all right. So you know the deal. Yeah. Follow us on all the things. And the stuff. And the stuff. Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, t- Twitch, you now, basically, YouTube, literally, basically everything. Patreon. Is bitches and murders with podcast. the exception of Twitter because they don't like bitches. So it's just at and murders. Um. Our professional email is bnmurderspodcast at gmail. And 
Yes. Yeah. Morgan really wants you to validate her existence. I don't know if we've I made this clear yet. Do. But um for our Patreon members, we just created a Discord that y'all get access to if you become a Patreon. So like there's an excuse to become a Patreon. Uh and I also have some cool stuff that I wanna upload on there like real soon. Yeah. That's like coming up as well. And uh, uh stay spooky. But you know, just not not this spooky. Not so spooky that you bash your wife's face in and then try to make it look like somebody broke in and robbed your house, but in actuality you just stuffed all of the jewelry into the closet and then you tried to pretend to do CPR, but you put your hand on her abdomen, all of the question marks. Um not that spooky. Not not that spooky. It's too spooky. Stay spooky, but not so spooky that you get murdered on Valentine's Day, especially with a big old syringe. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Stay That's top on some weird ways to kill someone. Stay spooky, but not so spooky that you have a giant antique steel syringe delivered to your local pizza place. Also, I'm sure you could find a cheaper syringe than one that's $70. I don't even care how much it was. Just don't I have do. shit delivered to your local pizza place. Why'd you have to get it from Etsy? Why, <laughs> why do you need an artisan syringe? <laughs> I'm I'm really stuck. I know you're rich, but like, come on. He wanted that artisanal syringe to go with his artisanal cyanide. I'm I'm done with all of these. I'm done with all of these men. <laughs> done with it. Stop ruining Valentine's Day for the rest of us, please and thank you. So keep, uh, keep, keep it spooky. <laughs>